It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Ospreys game in association with Marty Rabbits, the home of the Connacht clan. It's an unbelievably mild day. It's so mild, we're sitting out in the beer garden. I've got Lindy McKenzie. Afternoon. And William Davis. Indeed, the birds are singing, the sun's out, it's February. It's, uh, it's amazing, actually. And the seats are heated, which is great. It's lovely, yeah. It's, it's really good. The coffee's just arriving as well, which is brilliant. Um, William, you've just come back from the sports ground. Who are you talking to today? Andy Friend and Owen McKeown. So let's hear what they had to tell us. Andy, when you spoke to me after the Glasgow game, you said the training had gone very well and yeah. the puzzlement about the performance. Have you now managed to find out where the disconnect has happened? Because you also said after before the Cheetahs game that training had gone well and the performance a little bit so have you the coaches and the players come to a understanding as to why they haven't linked up quite as well as you'd want yeah and actually before the Cardiff game we probably had a, so we've had three really good uh, weeks of preparation um, and three of our poor poor performances I, I will say I thought the Cheetahs performance was a was a good performance in the end to get that win but certainly Cardiff and uh, and Glasgow um, way under par on where we want to be and uh, the performance we want to be putting out there. And normally what happens there, you look at it and you say, well, we believe it's going well as a group of coaches, um, but sometimes what we're thinking and what the players are thinking can be two different things. But, you know, in our review of pl- uh, with the players post-game and on Monday, um, they're unanimous too with us that this and the prep was really good. We're, we're actually happy where we were and we're... You know, they're trying to put their finger on it we're trying to put our finger on it. what just happened I think it was just we just had a chunk of blokes that didn't for whatever reason turn up in the right space and uh, if there was a seed of doubt that Glasgow may have had as to what, what the night was going to uh, what sort of night was going to unveil for them you know, that was removed within 45 seconds and if we had a seed of doubt this is going to be a tough night that was, that was watered and fertilised within 45 seconds and that's pretty much what happened and is that very difficult to fix on, on, on the hoof, even when you get, I know you were a fair way behind at half time, so it got away very quickly from there. And is there a lesson in that, that you you have to reset within the game? Yeah, and, and we've talked about that through the week. I actually thought, oh, sorry, yesterday, I thought the messaging from the coaching group yesterday, and actually the ownership from the players was very good. Yes, we were down seven points after 45 seconds or after a minute and a half after he kicked the goal. But but after that, you know, we had we had ample opportunities. We had three missed kicks at goal. We had two turnout, uh, line out turnovers um, in the A zone in the scoring zone. Um, we had a we had a uh, an opportunity to score after a Kiramamian break that um, you know threw the ball into touch. Um, we had ample opportunity there to drag that game back into our control. Uh, but instead of doing that, we turned over simple possession. We didn't execute, and we gave them opportunities to score. So, um, very much in our control that one, uh, and one that we need to make sure we, we try and arrest as quickly as we can. So you've got the Ospreys on Saturday. Probably does come under the heading of season-defining or must-win. They've had an interesting couple of weeks. What are you expecting from them? But maybe 
as well. What are you What are you expecting from Connacht? Where, where are you gonna? Is it gonna be tight enough? Is the job gonna get done? Yeah, we we go into every game believing we're going to win. Um, uh, you know, and, uh, you know. Sometimes that's life too. We, you get a performance like that because we're dealing with humans and we're dealing with different emotions. And our job's to try and minimise those those variances that we got there on on Friday night. To, you know, heading into this week, we know exactly what lies ahead of us. We knew it, what lay ahead of us against the Glasgow, but we just didn't turn up for it. So. Um, I've got no doubt we'll bounce back and rebound as a group. And so there's no one shying away from the, the reality of what happened. Um, uh, we know what's coming from them. Um, they're the number one kicking team in the competition. They'll flood the breakdown. They'll try and slow down the ball. Uh, you know, season-defining for them too. So they're going to turn up here with a sting in their tail and wanting to put points on us. So... For us, it's, uh, it's it's to trust our systems and to remain patient with our game. Um, that's our theme for this week. You've got some players coming back from Ireland, um, but probably not Jack Carty, who's now become central to Ireland's scenario, which is great for him, but that gives you a bit of a headache. It's it's a tough one. You've got that's a pivotal position. It is, and it's you know with the, with the injury to Craig Ronaldson so early in the season. Um, you know, with with David Horwitz at the moment carrying a little bit of a niggle with his knee, and uh, kind of fits with where he's at. Jack Carty being out, yeah, we're very very stretched there. So, uh, you know, ideally we, um, well, I know what we'll do. We'll, we'll we'll find a solution to it, and we'll work out a game plan that that uh, that won't harm us there. But uh, that'll show the character of this group, no doubt. And looking, um, Sean O'Brien, we hear now is, is out for the for the season, which is very unfortunate for him. He's had a setback. And uh, is Dominic Robertson McCoy available? Neadi Alokan players like that are they are they ready? Not quite. No, Neezy's very very close. So I think after the break, um, you'll see him being available. Dom's uh, just unfortunately won't make it back for this week. Um, so yeah, we've got our share of injuries like every other squad does at this point in time, but. Um, medical staff and players and SNC are working hard behind the scenes to get them back as quickly as possible. Shawnee O'Brien, I think that's a wise decision now just to say, listen, let's get that thing fixed properly. So, yeah, we won't see him for the rest of the season, which is a huge loss because he was, he was pretty immense for us during the year at, at, at different stages. So, um, uh, yeah, but he'll be on the road to recovery and make sure he's back for next season. And Gavin Thornbury, I mean, the... the probably very close to an Ireland call-up before he got injured. Uh, Quinn and Olton have gone in there and done their stuff. So having them coming back, but it is a time when you need most of your players. And any sign of Robin Copeland? How's he doing? Kobe's back training now, which is good. Uh, and, and just talking to him there um, before I popped up here, it's, you know, it's how can he get his opportunity? How can he get his chance? So, um, you know, a lot of that happens now out on the training field for him and, and possibly even AAL game somewhere. But um, good to have that, that man back and, and fit um, and keen and eager to get involved with it. Um, yeah, and, and having Quinn and Alton, I thought those two were, were pretty handy on the weekend uh, for the Ireland team. Um, Blady's back with us too. Tommy Faz is back with us as well. So nice to have those fellas returning. And Kieran Marmion? Yeah, I thought he was great. 150th cap. In fact, he got the players play. So... Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a, a gutsy Kieran performance. You know what he's going to give you there. He's going to give anything he's got. And, um, he, he needed that run. You could see he was just starting to cramp around the 60-minute mark, hence the reason we got him off. But good to have him back. Um, and with Kalen, the way he's been playing, a great little competition building there. 
it's really going to be a game for leadership. Players are going to have to g each other up. They're going to have to make good decisions because there is the pressure of just where you are in the season and what this game means. So it's, it's time for clear heads. Well, and that's the biggest thing we've been talking about this week. You know, we can't hold your hand out there, fellas. You blokes have got to own that. You've got to start to reward and recognise good behaviour, but hold each other to account on the things that we say we're going to do. Now, if we're not prepared to be that team, we don't deserve to be in a final spot. So this is, this is to me, um, it's not, and it's not just on the footy field either. You know, it's the little things we do around here. It's the way we hold the, keep the change room. It's the way we keep the feed zone, the way we leave the change room. I beg your pardon, the, the, the weights room when we leave there. If things, if we're walking past things and not saying things, well, we'll do that on the footy field. And that's probably where we've got to, where we're just actually not prepared to stand up and say, that's not good enough. That's not what we do here at Connaught. Or that's exactly what we need. Give me that again, mate, because that was great. And I love that. That's, that's the biggest challenge for us at the moment. We can play football. We know that. But we need to be able to have those tougher conversations or the real conversations, as we call them, positive or negative, and make sure we hold each other to account. It's a big job for the fans as well on Saturday. It's, it's an early kick-off, quarter to three. It's a bit of an unusual time, I think, to suit television. So uh, you need, we need this place full. Uh, yeah, you know that they're going to turn up because they, they tend to always do that and they're going to be in great voice. But we've got to make sure we give them something to cheer about too. Um, but yeah... Not many more left here at the sports ground this year. Um, fans have been fantastic all year and hopefully we do get a full house. Lauren, you've just come off the training pitch. Literally a good session? Great session. Um, can't complain. Probably one of the warmest days we've ever had in February. So, uh, look, it's good, to, um, it's good to have a day like that and uh, where we can go out and train with a smile on our face and leave uh, last weekend behind us um, and look forward to this weekend. So, um, great session there. Uh, good tough work put in. So, uh, if we've set ourselves up well for the for the week coming. It was a tough night on Friday. Nothing really gelled. It was a slow start again. Uh, two weeks, two games in a row now. You've been points down very early. So can you have you is there anything in particular that you've picked out now that you're you're gonna be looking to fix? Um I think we spoke about it all week was uh it was the start. Um, especially against Glasgow. We said, you know, they're the type of team that once they get their tails up they're they're unbelievably good so um, as I said we, we, we had a bad bad start to the game um, they got a couple of early scores and, and we were kind of on the back foot from the very beginning um, which is exactly what we said we didn't want to do and then um, we probably just didn't capitalise as well on uh, on our scoring opportunities um, uh, in the in the 22 so um, it was just tough it was tough to bounce back and uh, like we had a good session yesterday the lads all did a bit of self-reflection um because the players have to take a bit of onus there when we have that sort of start, and uh, like we felt like we we had a great week leading into it. It did everything right. Uh, a six day turnaround trained really well, but just um, just gave them give them an early lead, and we're on the back foot from the beginning. So um, it's tough to win over there when you when you do that. Yeah, they 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 like to throw it around. They're they're pretty physical side, but they they're on the move all the time. There's very little static play from them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and look, we, as I said, they were getting easy gain line off us uh, at the very start. You know, we looked at a few key moments, you know, off the kickoff, probably didn't defend them all. And then they, they went the length. And then again, off the kickoff again, I, I think we would miss tackle and they, they were up at the halfway before we knew it. So look, on that surface, if you give teams front football um, an easy gain line, like anyone's going to play well off it and, and get some good scoring opportunities. So um, as I said, we needed to shut them down early and uh, we just didn't do it early enough in the game. Now looking ahead to Saturday, it's you're in this part of the season. It's it's really crucial 
it's a must-win game. It's the Ospreys are coming here. They've had a couple of interesting weeks, but how do you focus on a the good start and b is there a danger that you can tighten up in a game like this now and and try to play conservatively, which might actually make the situation harder? Um, I don't think so. I think we like we obviously we have our systems in place, and um, at times we've come on pressure during the year. It's because we've gone out of that system. So um, regardless of the conditions, the team, whoever we're playing, we just try and play what we know how to play and do it as best as possible. So um, in terms of what the game means, I don't think that has any influence on how we're going to approach it. Um, we're going to have the same mindset that we've had all week, except hopefully this week we'll have we'll have a much better start than we did at the weekend and uh, and and be on the front foot a bit more. So um, again, as I said, consequences of the game it doesn't really make a difference. We'll just go focus on what you have to do. And anything in particular you're expecting from the, the Ospreys? It was an interesting game in Bridgeender this season. It was another game where Connacht started poorly. We're a long way behind, got back into it. They snuck a win at the end. It was, it was, it was a hard game to get a read on, really. Yeah, um, look, it, it, it is what it is. We, when we picked out a couple of games during the year, it was that one, the Glasgow game, the Cardiff game, that we felt, you know, we just, did, we just didn't perform. Um, having had that issue really at home, we, I, I feel like we've been playing quite well at home. It's a tough place to come for other teams. So, um, look, we'll be looking to amend the, the loss we had over there and, uh, and get a win this weekend. And of course, they're a, a conference rival and they're very close, which the, the conference conferences really now in the second season, people are starting to see these these games against teams that are right beside you. They're, they're eight point games. They're, they're really crucial and they're really going to determine where you finish. Absolutely. Look, and, and, and the coaching staff and us as a team are very well aware of, of where we are and, and who's around us. But as you said, it's, it's in our hands. So we still have we still have that bit of a lead and, and um, depending on how we play, it's 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 kind of we control our own destiny. So as long as we keep you know getting wins, um, we can't be caught. So um, that's all we'd be focusing on one game at a time and and keeping keeping ourselves in that position for the playoffs. We would like to thank the Connacht Rugby Supporters Club, the Connacht Clan, for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out connachtclan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com and follow Connacht Clan on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook for all your supporting needs. Lindley, that Glasgow team were missing 21 players, yet they scored more points on us than we've ever let in against them in the Pro 14 or the Pro 12 or the Magnus League. Not good. No, probably one to... um to review and put behind you as as quickly as possible and I think that's exactly what Andy Friend and um, the squad have done um, yesterday since their review look you know we know that they had 21 players I, I have to say and I and I and I did ask Andy Friend about this they had 21 players who are missing doesn't mean to say that the players left behind are any necessarily that much less experienced when we have players coming in as we have, I mean, we're trying to build a squad. You know, Andy Friend is doing his best, you know, theoretically to build a squad and he has introduced a lot of young players. And our players who come in, maybe like the Conor Fitzgerald, and I'm not deliberately, you know, selecting Conor Fitzgerald, but as an example, have probably had 
I would say that they're out half in comparison, you know, is probably a lot more experienced. I don't know if that's a good comparison, but it's just that the experience, they have bigger squads, they have bigger numbers, they have more experienced players. So yes, they had 21 players missing. I don't think that was the issue. I think the issue was, um, and talking to Andy Friend about it, was really the attitude of the players going into this game. Yes, the only other game that had a similar type attitude, I think, was the away game against Ospreys in a similar scenario. Yeah, and the Ospreys just weren't good enough that night to, to, to get really far ahead and, and Connacht did get it back level. He was pretty blunt. He, he basically said some players didn't front up and the slow start. And he said that, you know, the mindset changes because you know it's going to be a hard night and after 45 seconds, it's going to be a very, very hard night. And they think, oh, this isn't too bad. Now, it's interesting their media, when I was talking to them, um, said Glasgow can sometimes score an early try and go to sleep. And they did kind of, because Connacht had their chances to claw back into that game, didn't take them. Glasgow got into our 20, or Connacht 22 twice, three times, scored each time, bang, bang, bang. Suddenly the game's gone away from you. Um, but it was, it was a bit shoddy and it needs fixing very quickly. It does indeed. And you know what? We'll leave it there, just like they have, because let's not dwell on it. Right, let's hear what else happened in the league and in the international front last weekend. Here's William. Guinness Pro 14 action last Friday night, three games down for decision. Glasgow Warriors 43, Connacht 17, Ospreys 13, Munster 19, Leinster 59, Southern Kings 19. On Saturday, we had three games. Benetton, 57, Dragons, 7. Ulster, 54, Zebra, 7. Edinburgh, 17. Glasgow, 19. More about that when we look at the tables. And on Sunday, the last game of the weekend, Scarlets, 43, Cheetahs, 21. Looking quickly at uh, Six Nations action, under 20s on Friday night, Italy under 20, 14, Ireland under 20s, 34. Their third win in a row. They're setting themselves up for a tilt at an under 20s Grand Slam. And in the women's Six Nations on Saturday evening, a thoroughly entertaining match in Parma. Italy 29, Ireland 27. And in the men's Six Nations, France 27, Scotland 10. Wales 21, England 13, and yesterday in Rome with a host of Connacht players involved, Italy 16, Ireland 26. What do those results mean in the tables? Well, we look first at the Guinness Pro 14 Conference A. Everybody has played 16 games now, five games remaining. Munster top Conference A, 12 wins, four losses on 57 points. Glasgow Warriors, 11 wins, five losses on 56 Cardiff Blues, 8-8 eight eight on 42 points. Connacht, 8-8 eight eight on 42 points. And the Ospreys, 8-8 eight eight on 39 points. The Cheetahs win 1-6, drawn 1, lost 9 on 36. But Zebra are a bit adrift now, well adrift in fact. 3 wins, 13 losses, 18 points. In Conference B, Leinster just march on. 14 wins, 2 losses, 68 points. Benetton Treviso, 9 wins, 1 draw, 6 losses, 46. Ulster, 9 wins, 2 draws, 5 losses, 44. Edinburgh, 8-8 eight eight on 42. 
Scarlet's 8 and 8 on 41. The Dragons, 4 wins, 12 losses on 19. And the Southern Kings, 2 wins, 14 losses, but 11 bonus points on 19. And of course, that was the championship, not league, championship, the Pro 14 championship results there from William. Um, on a positive front, Ireland had three starters in a Six Nations game for the first time ever. And Jack Carty got his debut. Brilliant. Oh, I just think he should have come on a few minutes earlier. <laughs> I thought I thought it was just absolutely brilliant to see Jack Carty on after all the... Um, tough times he's had the the fact that you know he was first I think played for for Connett oh back in was it 2014 when he first played for Connett Mm -hmm. as a youngster um he spent I think about two years in the two years in the academy before he he got a look in and then he established himself as as the Connett number one out half um rather abruptly after um after Dan Parks left Mm -hmm. and you know he has he has had a, maybe possibly a slow a slow start to his to his de- um, I suppose to his development as in as the number one out half for Connett, but certainly this year he has just come on in leaps and bounds, and the confidence that he's playing with, you know, he's a brilliant sports person. He could have played any sport, you know, he could have played soccer and he and he played Gaelic football, um, but he chose rugby, and I'm so delighted that he is now reaping the rewards and let's hope he gets a lot more yes indeed but unfortunately <laughs> we, we pr- could probably do them this weekend and it doesn't look as though we're going to have him William no it seems not Ireland are holding on to him um, Joey Carberry is injured Munster made sure to tell everybody that yesterday in quite a bit of detail um, so yeah and you know Johnny Sexton is not playing particularly well and he takes an awful lot of hammer in games. It's So uh, I think it's a good place for Jack Carty to be, but Connacht, let's be honest, they could do with him on Saturday. It's just, he is the number, you know, he's, the, he's our number one out half and he's so far ahead of the other out halves. But, you know, that's just someone the team has to deal with. They have to come up with a plan to get around that. There is good news, of course, because we have Alton Delan back and we have... Caelan Blade back and we have Tom Farrell back and Quinn and Quinn Roo as, as well and I have to say like that was that was another real positive of that Ireland match wasn't it watching Quinn Roo score that try yeah. I mean absolutely yeah. superb and he was assisted by Alton and in fact Alton I thought had probably one of the best games I've ever seen him play in a long time you know when you compare his his early games with Connett when he you know got on that Irish team and then obviously you know in the last couple of years he's 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 really worked hard to get his game back and he was absolutely superb and you know it was it was great to see you know the 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 results of of Connett playing well now being rewarded again it was indeed is there any sign of Bundy coming back I know there was mention of it in the press yesterday Uh, no Uh, Bundy apparently asked uh, Joe Schmidt that could he play Uh, this has not come as any surprise to Andy Friend but no he can't Um, it seems he passed his HIA but they just weren't quite happy with him so they decided he wasn't going back on the field and he's not playing against the Ospreys. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he'd be quite happy to come down and uh, give it a go. But I think he's been kept around the Ireland camp. Let's face it, when he went off, it got really tricky for Ireland. They were actually coasting along. Yeah. Uh, he went off and it got really messy up till about the 50th, 55th minute. They were all over the place. 
um, hence the shouting and roaring that was going on and the bad body language, which has been picked up on. That's how important he is. He is a bit of a leader out there, and um, it'd be great to have him, but uh, no. Energy update. It was looking really good this morning when I sent you the list because it was quite short, but it's um, got a bit longer. Yeah, it has got a little bit longer. Uh, Sean O'Brien is out for the season. He's going to have to have some surgeries. Had a little setback with that shoulder. Uh, disappointing for him, but it's decision is made now. It's an opportunity for him to, to get that fixed and ready to go next season. Uh, Dominic Robertson-McCoy, Niadi Loken are not quite ready to come back. They're getting there. And I suppose Connacht are going into a break after this game of another two weeks. So uh, you would hope that they would be ready to go maybe for Benetton. Gavin Thornbury is still on track for mid-March. So that's that's it. It's it's not too bad, but you know, at this time of the season, you want the most players available that you can have. But it's just part of the game. I mean, it was down to three on the list this morning. Uh, obviously, um, uh, Craig Ronaldson is, is a big loss, but he's definitely out until very close to the end of the season after the uh, getting injured against Leinster. And he is the reserve out half, yeah. but he's been out so long that you're almost inclined to forget him. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be the challenge for Saturday, but that's, that's what the coaching team is there for, and that's what the players have to front up to it. Um, okay. Before we move into the preview of the game, let's find out what other matches are on this weekend. Here's William with a preview of the upcoming fixtures. Well, no Six Nations action next weekend, but plenty of Pro 14 action. Starting on Friday night with one match, Leinster against the Cheetahs. That kicks off at 7.35pm. All these times are Irish times. On Saturday, five matches down for decision. Connacht versus the Ospreys at the sports ground at 2.45pm. Note that time. It's an unusual kickoff time. It's the first time that one's come up this season anywhere. At 3pm, Benetton play Edinburgh. At 5pm, Scarlets have Munster. At 5.15pm, Zebre have the Glasgow Warriors. And at 7.35pm, Cardiff Blues entertain the Southern Kings. And as is becoming usual at this time of the season, it appears, on Sunday, one game down for decision, 3pm, Dragons versus Ulster. The Connachtlan annual table quiz will take place on Thursday 7th of March in Marty Rabbits at 7.30pm. All proceeds from the quiz will go directly to the Galway Hospice. Tables are €40 Euro with a max of four per table. All are welcome. See connachtlan.com for more details. Lindley, what are you hoping for this weekend? Because this is a massive game. Well, the first thing you want is a performance. And if you get the performance, then, you know, hopefully you get the win. Just those two. Uh, you know, I think the, the key is is for what happened last weekend has been discussed, it's been reviewed, it's it's now behind them and the players and the squad have to react. And I'm sure they will. And look, they're at home for a start. You can't not react but at home. You know, you're not going to disappoint disappoint the, the six thousand or who you know who who would want to come to this match and see them record a win over the Ospreys. The Ospreys will be hugely boosted by the fact if they watch that performance against Glasgow last week. So 
you know, I would expect Connacht will be a, a, a different team. They can't take anything for granted. I think, you know, talking to, I know William was talking to Andy Friend and, and myself, you know, today about um, the approach that Andy Friend is taking to those players in terms of their attitude. And I think, you know, he was very clear on saying to the players that it's, it's, it's not, it's how you conduct yourself throughout you know your day every day how you talk to each other how you communicate to each other every day and that you have to be professional about it because the performance against Glasgow in his eyes just wasn't a professional performance and he said you know he, he did say and you probably heard it in his in, maybe in, in his um, audio that even today out in training there was a, a, a different kind of a vibe people were much more talking to each other they were patting each other on the back saying well done one of the players was telling another player no don't do that you should be doing it this way and I think that's what he's trying he's trying which he has been building this this very kind of tight-knit group who are great friends with each other and they communicate with each other and they respect each other but I think mentally you know they just just took their just took their foot off the whatever the pedal or whatever I don't know if that's a mental thing but, <laughs> but it works it works that way somehow um, and I expect a completely different response there would be some concerns now literally with the number of um, the internationals not available obviously we have you know um, Quinn and and Alton back which is great Um the out half position is obviously one which is a tricky situ- a tricky position to fill in Jack's absence, and you know for Jack's sake that's a great thing to say, isn't it? Um, but unfortunately, not not necessarily for Connett. We have David Horowitz who was brought over as an out half, obviously, but his is is really more of a centre than an out half. Um, Connor Fitzgerald, do you put Connor Fitzgerald back in after you know he? His, his tough time that he had against Glasgow and he had a really tough time do you throw him back in or do you say look you need a bit of a rest now I don't know that's that's a coaching decision um, is there any other out half available not that I'm aware of I don't think Kyle Govan st- stood in and, and did a reasonable job in, in Glasgow but you'd really be looking for someone who you know is confident in the position that's been picked as that player one would expect expect that you put David Horowitz back in there that's what he was brought out for you know and and if he's alongside you know Marmion or Keelan Blade you know and he has someone like you know someone who can kick as well in that in that that back three particularly whether it's Dara Leader or whether it's Kyle Godwin you know that's also going to be a boost but I would expect you know it's I would expect the attitude to be completely different Yes, and before we bring William into this conversation, let's hear what the Ospreys have to say. We look at our run-in with optimism. Um, this is a big game, obviously, uh, in terms of you know, a close rival, a team that are slightly ahead of us. So no doubt they'll be targeting it as well. Um, we all know what's on the line and in the context of our conference. It's obviously a huge fixture for for us and them. You look at Connacht as a team. They, I think they're a side who you know, they get the best out of themselves. They play hard for each other, particularly at home. They're robust up front, um, physical. Um, they'll challenge you at set piece time, and they like to play a, a, an expansive brand of rugby. But they can also mix it up as well. So depending on the conditions, because Galway tends to uh, lend itself to alternative conditions to what we're experiencing today. Um, 
that's going to define the type of game that it is. Uh, for me, Connacht can play tight, they can play expansive, they've got a kicking game. So there's good balance to what they they challenge you with. And have you got players like coming up here and saying what's going on and all stuff like that? Uh, that's standard. Uh, it's more extreme this season. I've been honest, um, and I think that's the only way to be. Um, that, you know, that's dealing with. I think you deal with it as you would want your own son spoken to. You, you you deliver with honesty, but you also have sympathy, and you also explain what's important now. And ultimately, if a player loses patience, he has the right to move on. Um, that's the risk that you take. But we haven't been confronted with that situation. I'm glad to say. So, William, the Ospreys got some good news that they're still going to exist next year because that seems to have been hanging over them all season it's been hanging over all the Welsh teams as it's uh, I mean look I've heard stuff in the background I've told you before on podcasts about how crazy the setup is and the relationships and the issues in Welsh rugby uh, this time last week they were going to be closed down and merged with Cardiff which frankly is just beyond comprehension so you would take the two largest urban areas in Wales, Swansea and Cardiff, put them together. Uh, they're a good distance apart and try to figure out how you, where you're going to play these games. And it just, no contracts have been signed. So there's a lot of uncontracted players. So they've, they've cobbled together some sort of a solution, whether it holds for much longer. But this is a must-win game for both sides. The Ospreys are going to feel that if they lose a third game in a row, that they, they're not probably going to get the job done either. But Connacht really have to win this. They've got to win their home games. They've got to beat Zebra away. If they do that, they probably that's, that's all they need. But that's maybe easier said than done. Treviso are flying. Uh, they'll be a handful. They'll come with all their Italian internationals here on, in March because they'll be released back mm-hmm. straight away. Um, Saturday, I think, is a, big, is, a, is a challenge now when you come out of a performance like that. And it's how they start. They've started the last two games really badly. You don't want to give a side that's under a bit of pressure like the Oscars, give them nothing. Mm. Yep. Close them down straight away. Uh, Andy Friend has talked about the fact that they kick a lot. They flood the breakdown. They're, they're not going to be much different to what they were in Bridge End. Um, but they were clever that night. And I think that's what they'll try to do here. And Connacht are just going to have to be just at it from from minute one. Minute that whistle blows, they've got to get stuck in. They certainly do. And I think the crowd, we need the crowd to get behind much earlier. I think it's this is a, this is a day where the crowd have been there and the team sort of drive them on a little bit. This is a time where the crowd need to get in early. It's an afternoon kickoff, which sometimes can be a little bit dead because it's a little bit early in the afternoon. The five o'clock is normally better, but I think it's really up to the crowd to get stuck behind the, the team and, and fire them on early on. Yeah, I look, I just hope that Connacht aren't necessarily overly anxious, yep. which they could be, particularly after the performance against Glasgow, and then they come to this must-win one, um, and overly anxious, particularly when they are missing a few key players like Bundyaki and and Jack Carty. So I think this week is really, you know, is going to be about building their confidence that they are capable of, 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 of beating the Ospreys, that they should have done it over there in Bridge End um, earlier in the season and that they're well able to do it at home. If, if, if they can, yes, as William says, yes, good start is, is you know, you know, half the battle, so to speak. But I also think that they need some of the people 
more experienced players to step up and to guide this team and to be mature. And I know, look, there are certain players in that team who are never going to be found wanting when it comes to that regard, particularly when you only have to look at Jared Butler as the captain who's been outstanding all season. But this is going to have to be a collective and they are going to have to communicate with each other. They are going to have to boost each other. They are going to have to to keep calm and um, but play with confidence at the same time. And I'm sure with the crowd backing him that this is a must win. Lose this match and, you know, it's psychologically their whole season could you know go down the Swanee River so to speak it could it could but the front five are going to be hugely boosted by having the two starting locks for Ireland last week back in there I think that's going to be huge and it'll give them hopefully the front football that's needed so whoever plays out half is going to be going forward with the ball and they'll also bring in the the enthusiasm like Tom Farrell was pretty close to getting his first cap last week and I'm sure he'll be wanting to go out and prove that um, he probably should have got it yeah, I think so, and I uh, it, it, that that's going to be key to the game. Um, it's about leadership, and it's uh, your leadership, communication, accuracy. It's very, it's the same stuff all the time, but the pressure's slightly different now because you're at this time of the season. They don't have room for error anymore. It's 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 got really tight in Connacht's bit of the of the conference. Munster and Glasgow are that little bit further up the road, so. You're fighting now. There's three teams looking for one place third, I, th- I feel. I can't see Connacht catching Glasgow. Uh, and I don't think Munster will come off the top either. And that's just the, the pressure. And it's how they react to that. The longer the Ospreys stay in the game, the harder it'll be. Yeah, and that's, I think, where you talk about the, the good start, the positive start. And Connacht traditionally have had a good start. Just in the last couple of matches, they've sort of slipped up in that regard. Yeah, you want to keep Ospreys actually questioning themselves. You want to keep them behind. You want to maybe sow that little seed of doubt in their heads if Connacht are ahead. And once Connacht get the momentum, you know, hopefully ho- that's what Connacht will need to do to get that momentum and to sow those seeds of doubt in, in Ospreys. Because let's face it, they are an experienced team. You know, they're a very experienced team. And, I mean, they do know how to close out games, as they've shown, you know, on numerous occasions. But we need to get, we definitely need to get that momentum going to, you know, to, to put those, to the doubts in their heads, to make, let them make the mistakes. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so the match kicks off at 2.45 on Saturday in the sports ground. We'll be coveraged live on Galway Bay FM as always it'll be Rob Murphy and Joe Healy on commentary don't forget to follow us on Spotify or SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts so yeah just before we we wrap up today's um, today's podcast uh, very very sad news for uh, Connacht folk and especially Galwegians folk when Mickey Heaslip unfortunately passed away this week Lindley he brought you into the game here didn't he well, he had a huge influence, that's that's for sure. I, I remember when I'd go up to Galwegians, Mickey would bring me in. And, you know, as we all know, it was it was Mickey who um, encouraged Warren Gatland and gave him his first coaching uh, start in Ireland when he brought him into Norwegians for the... They hadn't qualified from the previous season's leagues and he was determined to get Galwegians into the All-Ireland League and they had to go into the round robin. And I think for a couple of years... They didn't succeed. They missed. I think they kept losing to Dungannon, actually, up in, up in Belfast, and they missed out. But the third season, they succeeded. And I think, you know, I think it was Mickey's, um, his his love for Galwegians, his love for the game. Um, he had he was, I think, president at the time, and then he became the director of coaching 
was also obviously involved as a player with Dano with um, with the Connacht team back in the days. And but it was his more his his love of living and his his uh, his he's a very generous natured person, and he had such a great sense of humour. He was also I I have to and I. I was only when you know at the funeral there was a uh, his funeral there was a a lovely um, couple of oratory pieces from his nephew obviously James Heaslip, and I had forgotten that you know he was talking about Mickey as an innovator and that he had he had set up the first nightclub in Galway and you know the number of businesses that he had but he did everything at a fast pace he did everything with a good sense of humour and obviously he was also heavily involved in well, it, well he was a, a good uh, I wouldn't say no, that might be as James might say he thought uh, not a good golfer but he was a golfer and he loved and he loved the game and it was I have to say I, the funeral was a very sad occasion but at the same time it was a great occasion for all the sporting bodies who came together there was a lot of people from Corinthians there there was a lot of people from you know golfers who were there who came together to pay their last respects to um, what I, what I would call a true blue Galwegian, but also um, a very kind and spirited um, individual. I think we leave it there. That's lovely. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm.